Welcome to Stuff You Should Know About Oil and Gas Production. I'm your host, Curtis Winkler. I'm here with Kyle Andrews. This podcast is brought to you by Kimray. You can visit us at kimray.com to see our full slate of training materials and videos. And we've uh, just recently launched a new website uh, with some updated features uh, that you can use, helpful uh, for training and to help you find your products a little easier. So we encourage you to check that out at kimray.com. Kyle, how's your day going, man? It's going good, Curtis. How are you? Uh, doing well, doing well. You uh, you read any good books lately? Uh, mostly kids' books. You know, and my my four children, soon to be five. Yeah. I, uh, I read a lot of kids' books. Okay, those count. Yeah. Any any recommendations? Well, as a kid, I I I read these books, The Chronicles of Narnia. I'm about to, uh, with my oldest, my six year old. Wow. Um. So we're gonna start going through those, and I think he'll really enjoy them. Cool. Epics. Mm-hmm. How about you? Do you read anything good? Uh, I'm reading a dog or a dog book right now. I've got a I've got a, a three year old lab mix named Dodger, and uh, just being home uh, a little bit more now, and trying to trying to walk him and, and do some more things with him. So uh, this book is called Inside of a Dog by Alexander Horowitz, uh, and it's been good. It's been interesting. You always hear, you know, like their their noses are really a lot more powerful than ours. And he's got some illustrations on that. Like he says, when you if you walk by a mailbox and um, the you know you don't really smell much, you see a mailbox, but the dog can smell uh, some of the materials on it. Not even not just at the time, but also you know people who have touched that mailbox in the past. You can like pick up on that uh, mailman or whoever. Uh, in addition, to, of course, dogs who's, who had visited the the mailbox. And then what else? he said, um, like if somebody puts a teaspoon of sugar in your tea, you could probably smell it before you drank it. But for a dog, um, they could smell a teaspoon of sugar in the equivalent of two Olympic sized pools of water. I wonder how a, a dog's brain processes all of that information from their nose. Because I think about if, you know, if humans could smell as as good as a dog or as well as a dog that your brain would just be going every which way, not knowing how to process all <laughs> no, those different good. smells. That's a good point. I haven't gotten to the, uh, there's an eye chapter as well, but I think they're, I think they're colorblind and maybe don't see as well. So maybe that's. They can that's, devote a lot of brain power to just smelling. I guess so. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's, let's get into our subject for the day. Uh, this is a blog we published, um, and a video we made called six ways to separate an oil and water emulsion. Um, and this is done really well uh, online, really taken off. So obviously some information here that, that folks are interested in. So let's go through these, just six ways to separate oil and water, um, kind of principles that help us separate those things. It's a big part of obviously what, what uh, people are trying to do in our industry. Um, so number one, Kyle, is, is heat. So we use heat in separation to help break down the molecules and, uh, and make them separate easily. So think about a, a very viscous fluid. Um, so some of the oils in our industry are very viscous, some of the heavy oils, and that those tend to hold on to the water and gas molecules that it doesn't let go of them very easily. And so to get them to, to separate, uh, we use heat. Think of things like a heater treater that uses heat. It's a, it's a direct fired piece of equipment that helps heat up that oil emulsion and lets that oil 
relax its molecules and let go of the other elements within it so that it separates out much faster. All right, great. So heat's number one. Number two is, is gravity. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, gravity or specific gravity is just the, uh, it's the molecular weight of the fluid. So, you know, different uh, elements have different gravities. Water is uh, usually the, the heaviest, you know, then oil, then gas is lighter than both water and oil. And that's how they naturally separate out. So water will be, will settle out to the bottom. Oil will be on top of the water and then gas above the oil. All these different elements have different specific gravities. And so I, I always relate this to Italian salad dressing. So if you have it in your refrigerator um, and it's been sitting in there for a while, you can see uh, distinct layers um, between, uh, you know, the vinegar and the oil and then the solids that are that are in that. Before you pour it on your salad, you have to shake it up to emulsify it again. Um, because then you'd just be getting one of those elements if you didn't shake it up. Uh, so the specific gravity uh, naturally makes those elements want to separate. Uh, and that really goes into the next point. The third is uh, retention time. Yep. So gra specific gravity and retention time really go hand in hand. Um, so retention time is just the amount of time that the, the fluid stays in a non-agitated state. A lot of people call this residence time, so just the time that it spins inside the separator. So even if you know specific gravity and retention time are the only two principles taking place, you'll still have separation. Because if you give it enough time, the difference in the gravity of those fluids is gonna, it's gonna naturally separate out. Which is what we want, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and different pieces of equipment, you know, do that better than others. Uh, obviously, the larger the vessel is, the more retention time you're going to have, the longer the fluid's going to stay in there because it takes a while to travel from one side to the other. Uh, vessels like free water knockouts are usually some of the biggest vessels, and those really just use specific gravity and retention time to separate out the free water from the oil emulsion. Yeah, Denny uh, has put some excellent images too uh, of an illustrations. I don't know if you've looked at the blog, but he's, he's even got one of your, your Italian dressing uh, example. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one, that was really good. He, uh, he does an amazing job at putting my examples, uh, having, you know, pictures you can look at so they make a little more sense. Yeah, I love it. All right, uh, so heat, gravity, Retention time was number three, and the number four is agitation. So it gets into uh, the design of different vessels. Yeah, so um, producers will use uh, the principle of agitation usually at the the beginning uh, of that separation process, or as the fluid is entering in to the vessel. There will be things called uh, diverter plates, and what those do is it's a uh, usually just a flat plate. There's a few different designs, but just think of a, uh, a flat plate welded right in front of the inlet. So that fluid is coming in at high velocity and it hits, it impacts that plate. And so that sudden change of direction and that sudden impact helps to break the surface tension of the oil and of the water. And that, again, that's just helping it 
to separate out. If you think of a, you know, even a, a viscous uh, fluid hitting that and impacting it, breaking that surface tension, it's going to be able to let go of the gas a lot faster than if it didn't hit that diverter plate. Uh, it's just a way of of accelerating that separation process. Yeah, that's good. I know when I first came into the industry, I, I just assumed those were big hollow hollow vessels, but there's actually a lot going on in there to, mm-hmm. to help that separation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, number five, coalescing. What is coalescing? Coalescing is when I think of kind of the easy example is think of uh, a gas. So if there's a water content or moisture in the gas, you're wanting to separate that out. Uh, coalescing is just taking that water vapor and coalescing it into larger drops until it's able to fall out. Mist extractors use coalescing. Uh, there's coalescing filters. Um, it's basically taking that that vapor and coalescing it down into a, a liquid. A good example of, of coalescing is to think of a cool early morning when you get in your car and you drive down the road and you go through a patch of fog um, that's moisture in the air. That's water vapor. Um, but as you're as you're driving through that fog, it collects and and creates drops on your windshield. Kind of the same thing is happening when it moves through a mist eliminator or a mist extractor. That all that surface area of the mist extractor, as the gas moves through it, the water vapor that's in that gas coalesces on on that surface area and is able to condense and then fall out as a liquid instead of a vapor that's the principle of of coalescing got it so this could happen at any point in the separation process but most of it looks like happens towards the top as that gas is is exiting correct yeah there's so there's specific mechanical devices like the mist extractor or mist eliminator uh, that are used to pull out that moisture from the gas. So just before the gas exits the top of the separator, as usually where you'll find those, and that just coalesces that that water vapor down into a liquid and it falls back into the separator. All right, our final one, number six, is chemical demulsifiers. Talk about those a little bit. Yeah, so those are uh, chemicals you can add into the emulsion that that speed up. Uh, the separation process. It just helps break down uh, that emulsion. When you wash your hands, right, you use, you know, some type of soap. And that soap just helps break down the the dirt and uh, everything on your hands and breaks it away. It's kind of the same thing that's happening. It helps to to separate out those different elements and just speed up the separation process. It demulsifies the emulsion. Gotcha. One thing to remember is that um, all six of these principles can be used at once. As we talked about before, gravity and retention time are always going to be there. Uh, But you can add in any of these other principles to help speed up the separation process. It's not always cost effective to to do that. So each producer will kind of weigh his options on on uh, kind of the the end result that they want, you know, need their uh, gas to be certain spec or their oil to be at a certain spec. They kind of weigh the options and and see which ones they need to use, and then they'll design the vessels around that. 
So number one, heat, just to recap. Number two, gravity. Number three, retention time. Number four, agitation. Number five, coalescing. And then number six was chemical demulsifiers. So mm-hmm. uh, again, a really good uh, blog on our, our website in the training and demos area on this subject and a good video as well. And uh, we'll link to that and uh, a few of the other resources we mentioned in this show on the show notes. Appreciate your time, Kyle, and we'll catch you next time on Stuff You Should Know About Oil and Gas Production.